0: to Get Animated, the anime watch-along podcast with the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed Summer Yukata, Heather Ann Campbell.
1: I'm self-proclaimed Nick Weiger,
2: from three years ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm self-proclaimed temporal plane destruction device, Manapadaka. Hello, everyone.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the premiere anime podcast where we're discussing season two of The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Uh, this week, we are watching... Season 2 in broadcast order, which means we're covering episode 8, Bamboo Leaf Rhapsody, and episode 12, Endless 8-1. I know that's complicated. It's 8 and then 12, but 12 is named 8. Yes. Uh, But nothing is never not complicated on the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. And listeners, if you have never seen season 2 before, we're all on a journey together. But if you have seen season two before, don't spoil it for the boys on social media or on the Discord. Or for our other
2: listeners.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a fun. But mostly for us. It's a fun time. It's a fun time. It's a fun time. A fun time. I better not and, and, see
1: a single thread about this. No threads. Yeah,
2: stay off, of, uh, stay off of threads. We don't want any threads. We don't want to see any. What's the other one? Blue skies. Blue guy Blue, Blue skies. If I get one Mastodons. mastodon update,
0: we don't no skeets.
2: Don't get your, don't skeets this show. Unless you skeet Ulrich, then you can do whatever you want. He's, he's fine. You he's know, got a he's got a lifetime skeet pass.
0: I shot my shot with um, Hideo Kojima. I think maybe I've mentioned this on the show before or not. I don't think you I, have. Okay, well I DM'd him for the first time
1: Slidden's because DMs. I was
0: like, uh, well he follows me. That's um, right. So, I can DM him, but I was saving it. I was like, there's got to be a day. And being that blue sky invites are in such short supply, mm. I was like, mm, this is how I'll shoot my shot. So, I dm him idea. and I'm like, hey, uh, sir, longtime fan, first time DM'er, um, are you interested in a blue sky invite? Because I have an extra. And he wrote me back and he was like, absolutely, thank you. And I wow. sent him the code. And they went, thanks. The thing is, you know when somebody has used your code and he never did.
1: Oh, wow.
0: So maybe it was I just guess, a bridge
1: too far for him. Like, it was like, oh, I got to do all this. Yeah, I could have gotten through the sign up thing and been like, ah. It's not because it. you sent it to him. He's not, He's mad, not mad, mad at you. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. If he wanted hey, to be on I Blue I Sky,
1: he would be on Blue Sky. You know what I mean? Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah speaking and of him major, though i tried. i saw him post that he was at angel stadium mm-hmm. and as a dodger fan i was like did nobody talk to this guy did nobody tell him
2: he They're went to, to see shohei otani probably that's,
1: that's what, what i was, was thinking just now too yeah and he i mean then he'd made the right choice but i never want to see him there again Otani might be keeps... coming to the Dodgers. I've heard. I've heard this some, some speculation. It'd be really nice. Uh, it would be really nice if the Dodgers had the best player in the league. It'd be really great. <laughs> 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 As a Dodger fan who likes to see them win and do a good job, it would right. be really great if they had him.
2: Do you think Kojima? I mean, this is the kind of thing. You know, he's been to, he's been to America before, but that's the kind of thing of like, like, oh, well, I'm going to L.A. Let me go to Disneyland and let me go see an Angels game. Must be on the freeway for ninety minutes. Like I think, like people who maybe visit the city don't realize just how sprawling this area is, and how parts of like Orange County are claimed as Los Angeles, but really aren't at all.
1: Maybe he we we, he could have. Maybe he was staying in Buena Park or something, or maybe he was staying in you know in Stockton. We don't know where he could have been on that side of town. It could have been easier for him.
2: Man, I'd I totally would love for him to post a pic that he was at Pirates Dinner Adventure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Had a great time cheering on the blue pirate.
0: <laughs> except, except maybe not right now because I hope Kojima supports the the strike.
2: There is a there is a medieval times strike. Yes, Aren't I don't know sister? if the pirates' Dinner adventure. No, they're completely unrelated businesses. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they're in competition and they do not like each other. Wow. The workers like the workers get along, but the 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 companies are competing.
0: I've only been to Pirates Dinner Adventure once, and it was with Macaulay Culkin. Moving on, uh, guys,
1: I did a joke. I did a visual note. I I did a visual joke. If you are familiar with his body of work, you can maybe guess what I did.
0: (laughs) Page master reference, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) No, I shocked myself, and uh, you guys saw my skeleton. (laughs) Classic joke. Bring that back. It's, if it happened in, like, a Mission Impossible movie, I would say this is the best movie ever made. you Ethan Hunt, Ethan Hunt finally dies. He puts a fucking fork in a socket.
2: <laughs> so, this is very clearly a new season. I will just say because there's a new OP, there's new end credits. It's like such like I think if you just watch this in chronological order, not broadcast order, that those aspects would be even more disorienting than yep. the fact that it's non-chronological uh, if yeah. you watch it in broadcast order. So yes. it's gone.
0: It's almost like the broadcast order is the season order.
2: One hundred percent. No, that's the thing. And, and like, uh, you know, when I was when I was reading, I've said this before, so I apologize for re- repeating myself on podcasts. I know it's annoying to hear. But like when I was reading about the light novels, those have a lot of sequences that are in non chronological orders. Like that's yeah. part of how it's structured. Yeah. So the the source material. So I don't know. It's- I like what we, what we don't need to fight this fight. We're, we're on the right side.
0: Watching this in chronological order is like watching the scenes of the Back to the Future trilogy in chronological order. It would That's not a great be an,
2: comparison, yeah. It
0: would not be an enjoyable no. project. Yeah. Like, it would be interesting, but it would be um, sort of a, an appendix. Like, you wouldn't watch the Wild West episode or the Wild West scenes first... Then the 90s <laughs> that's, that's a really scenes, funny project, yeah. Then the 80s scenes and then the future scenes. Like that just is not how the, it's not supposed to be watched that way.
2: Though I love the idea of doing this as a limited project. Find someone who's never seen any Back to the Futures. <laughs> edit every scene in chronological order and have them watch that. And then just get their reactions.
1: Where do we put the cameo from A Million Ways to Die in the West? What do we do?
2: <laughs> I guess that mm. comes in the I get well, that comes along with the rest of the 3. That's
1: early, but like, we had to put the whole movie.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, so well, we're going to talk about season 2, and it is the season 2 of Haruhi Suzumiya. But first, the question for the panel is, what we've been weben
0: well, we've been weebin'. Hi, it's me, Ash Ketchum. And I love coming by the show and asking you guys, what you been weebin'. So, hey, Nick, I choose you.
2: Well, thanks, Ash.
0: You're welcome.
2: I got a couple things to talk about. I was going to talk about uh, Gundam, but I'm going to hold off. I said I was going to talk about it this week, but I'm going to hold off on it because... First off, I wanted to touch on Paranoia Agent, which I'm almost finished with, and this is probably the last time I'll – this might be the last time I talk about it. We'll see how it wraps up. It is a very interesting show. Uh, I do want to play the OP, which I've talked about a couple of times, because I, first off, I really like the song, and then also Heather and Matt, you you all can see just how, like, gnarly this is. So can we can we share that real quick, Matt? So, yeah, we just see a bunch of people in perilous situations, laughing maniacally. It's very Haunted Mansion. It's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, it's upsetting. And these are all key characters in this series. And then this peppy song playing in the background. Anyway, I think tonally this is basically what you're in for, as you might expect. Uh, from a, from a Satoshi Kone project, I want to recommend one episode which you can watch in isolation if you are not going to get to the full series. That I think is interesting, just as an anime fan, episode ten, Melo Moromi. So there is a fictional anime that exists in the world of Paranoia Agent uh, about Moromi, this little kind of you know Hello Kitty esque. Uh, ca- uh, ubiquitous icon. Uh, this, this, uh, this sort of children's character, this little dog, and there is an episode that follows each, you know, each. It's it's not quite an anthology series; they're all connected, but each one centers on a different character. This one centers on the production manager of an episode of Maromi. and so, but as part of it. It, like, stops the action. You know, it shows things in the storyboarding phase and coloring phase. It shows things in everything. And it, it stops the action to sh- explain who each person on in the crew is and what their role is in, in an anime. So it kind of, like, illuminates what the production process is. And so it's interesting in those terms. And also, if you just watch this, you can get a kind of a sense of how the whole series is Because it's just like everyone is trying to make this children's cartoon, but everyone is extremely abusive towards the production manager uh, who is like kind of a doofus, but also like he's trying his best and kind of fuck stuff up. And it ends up turning, uh you know, into this uh, pretty horrific workplace violence uh, as it uh, as it progresses. So that's one episode that I think like, you know, maybe just you can just watch that one, and get a taste of it and see if you want to take it from there. I also cool. want to touch on Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, because we talked about this when we talked about the the movie, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. Uh, I've now watched the first two episodes, which are what's out as of this recording of the second season. I'm kind of confused about the backlash, or, you know, and, and honestly, like, I tried to find some of the backlash reactions. I looked at the Jujutsu Kaisen subreddit, and people seemed pretty positive on it, so maybe it was more reactions to Episode 1 in the absence of the Season 1 main character, but... I mean, it's it's gorgeous. It, it, it looks terrific. It has some really cool sequences. And it focuses on uh, Satoru Gojo and uh, another character, Suguru Geto, and kind of, like, their partnership. And they're both just... It's an interesting way of, like, they're both just, like, OP. Uh, mm-hmm. Gojo is in season one as a... Uh, as, like, kind of, like, this more... Like this, this kind of a mentor like character is sort of a, a, you know, an overseer slash trainer of the uh, main character and others. Here, I think it's, I think the timeline is it's, it's something of a prequel. Uh, and so it's just more, he's, it's more when he's doing like just regular casework, uh, going after curses. But it's really cool just because you just get to see these two characters, at least in the first couple episodes, just like, like fuck things up, just fuck shit up. And I feel like so often you're seeing like the, the characters just sort of struggle through things, but it's kind of fun just to see the pure power fantasy of like these two guys just be like enormously powerful. And I'm sure that will, they'll be confronted with that at some point, but I don't know, man, I think it's fun. I think it's great. I think it's a great looking show. I think it's just a really, uh, you know, well executed down the middle, uh I, I just uh, just series. So I I'm I'm having fun with it. Those are my reactions and that's what I've been weaving. Wow.
0: Excellent. And also I'm really looking forward to hearing more of that Gundam talk next week.
2: Yeah, well next week. We'll we'll, we'll put a bend in it next week.
0: Okay. Um I guess I should I should teed
2: up someone else. I'm sorry. I I'll I, I was waiting for I was waiting yeah. for Ash to to interject, but I could have done it. I'm sorry, Ash. You
0: don't tell me what to do.
2: I wasn't trying to tell you. I just thought. I thought like it might it's happen. A, it's a losing
1: battle with Ash. You have to don't just sort you, of, you, know, don't take you get.
0: fucking point your finger at me and I, tell not, me what I, to do,
1: Ash? I'm not. I, I would never do that.
0: I Ash? go where I want.
1: You smell like wine, and that's all I'm gonna say.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, to be fair, yeah. But you got a problem with it? Are you? Are you no, a police I, I, officer? No,
1: I like the smell of are wine. You my it's, mom? it's fine. Yeah.
0: Are you my dad? No. No. Yeah. that's a that's the prime minister, president of Ukraine.
1: That's right, Zelensky.
0: <laughs> Heather, you're up. I choose you. Thanks, Ash. Uh, so watching Witch from Mercury. Inches away from the finale of that show. Wow. Like it. Mm, Not much to say, but Mm. uh, here I am in Amsterdam craving a little Japanese culture. So I would call going to, uh, there are these um, shops called tokos here, which are sort of like uh, marketplaces for different foods and cultures from all over the world. And I went to an Asian toko uh, and got myself some Japanese curry. And uh, I'm 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 looking at those those old Final Fantasy recipes from from the Final Fantasy 15 game. I'm looking mm-hmm. at uh, the curry featured in uh, Persona. I'm looking at I'm, Persona. Looking, at these, I'm looking at these foods, mm-hmm. and so I'm uh, I'm gonna get back on my uh, on my Japanese cooking jam, mm-hmm. which I would consider weebing even yeah, though it's it's weeb adjacent, like you know everything in japan is not weeb culture but the reason i'm doing it is weeb related right so you know like i'm not i'm not just like sitting down to eat sushi which i would never call weebing. that's not sushi yes but I'm, I'm making curry so that i can sort of invoke the ghosts of anime and video games and eat eat as if i were a character
2: when and... I was playing per- Persona Five Royal and Persona, and... <laughs> thank you, Matt. And like I would go out of my way to like while I was playing, I was like, I'm gonna go to Hurry Curry of Tokyo. Yeah. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna get a cup of coffee and I'm gonna have curry and coffee, which thing I would never do yeah. outside of if I wasn't inspired by the video game. I'm sorry, finish with that.
0: No, that's no that I'm that was the end of my thought. I was just agreeing with you. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. That's... so it's Weeben. Yeah, that's the weaving I've been doing. Uh, is uh, making myself Japanese curry, going to the uh, the Asian Toko here in uh, in Amsterdam, and uh, watching Witch from Mercury. Wow, Matt, how about you? What what have you been weaving?
1: Well, sort of another slightly disappointing update on my end. It's, everything's just going crazy over here in a normal fine way, but I just I feel like last couple of weeks I've really been. Sort of like nose down, like in work. Mm-hmm. It it's just been a, kind of a busy time, but I did watch an episode of Cowboy Bebop, and some, and I was while I was watching it, I was like, I don't just appreciate like the great characters or like the story of this thing. The sound design in this show is fucking incredible. Like, like, like yeah, it really is. Like, like, just to like just zoom out a little bit of like just the anime aspects of it. Like the I don't know like the space sounds the like the, the ship sounds all of that stuff's great all the like technology stuff sounds so good and specific uh the world is just so interesting that you know it is a one season show and like it i'm surprised maybe and this is probably because it came out before they didn't do this um I'm surprised there is only like one season because like if it came out now they'd be like well, let's make a million of these like let's just yeah. keep going because uh, it's such a good I mean I guess depending on how the story wraps up maybe there's a reason not to but um, I've been really enjoying that but Nick played the the OP of Paranoia Agent and I know that everybody on Earth who watches anime has heard uh, the um, the song from uh, Cowboy Bebop but I wanted to play it because it's just so good yeah one of the best ones. like come on that's i think it's time to blow this scene get everybody in the stuff together okay three two, one, It's one let's jam
0: cowboy bebop was the first anime to be broadcast on adult swim i didn't know that wow that's interesting
1: It's just such a mic drop. I yeah. I think
2: Yoko Kano, it's who's who composes the Cowboy Bebop score is just it's. I don't know. I, I, it's one of the best series compositions of all time. Yeah. Like just She's in any uh, outside of anime, even it's just it's such an. It's, it's such an like it. It adds so much texture to the whole series, and like just like kind of like anchors its tone to it being this sort of like you know jazz fusion sort of take on everything um and that oh that opening theme is so great uh yeah i'm glad you played that because as we've learned we have a somewhat substantial listenership that has apparently never watched an episode of anime and just, oh yeah just listens to us talk about it so yeah <laughs> there you
1: go there's a great song check it out and that's I, if uh, that's enough to get you to start watching it like I, I think it is i think it's a good like oh that song's good i better watch this 26 times
2: Tank right, tank with an exc- exclamation tank. point. That's what it's called. Yeah,
0: yeah. Can I? D- two things. Two things. One is, um, when I lived in Amsterdam and was desperate to share my love of anime with the cast and crew of Boom Chicago, uh, I was met often with, um, you know, kind of a a pensive nod, like, huh, huh. That's okay. That's great, Heather. Sounds like a lot of fun. Um, and that was as far as it got. When I returned to Amsterdam and went to my first Boom Chicago show, the fucking Cowboy Bebop theme song is what plays to bring people back from intermission. Wow. And I was like, "Wow, holy shit. <laughs>
1: I thought you were going to say that everybody in the cast from when you were there uh, was like an otaku, and they had these like no. like waifus and stuff. They like no. went all the way.
0: I also... um you know, I don't want this episode to be two hours long, but, uh, I also want to say a little bit about the cowboy bebop development, which mm-hmm. is that, uh, the guy who made it Watanabe. Shin, I think it's Shinichiro Watanabe. Um, he, uh, was asked by Bandai, uh, to make an anime that sold spacecraft toys. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's quoted as saying, uh, their 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 instructions were quote so as so long as there's a spaceship in it you can do whatever you want uh but Wikipedia writes upon viewing early footage it became clear that Watanabe's vision for the series did not match Bandai's believing the series would never sell toys Bandai pulled out of the project leaving it in development hail until sister company Bandai visual stepped in to sponsor it which it's funny because like Bandai's like Gundam Right? Yes, it's like right. so. If you watched the first episode of this, you'd be like, "What kid is going to watch this and buy <laughs> toys?" Yeah. Um, I also vaguely remember, and I I don't have a source for this, that it was not a super popular show in Japan.
1: Uh, it was
0: it was well received, like it wasn't a flop, but it was not super popular. But because of the the placement of it in a uh, Western release and the fact that it was the very first anime that ever showed on Adult Swim, it was hugely popular in America. Um, I like that.
2: Yeah, it's always interesting when you hear, it. Would, yeah, you know, like when, when you see what hits o- outside of its home territory. This isn't yeah. the, the as extreme of an example, but it's always like how Dragon Quest is so much more popular in Japan yeah. Uh, than it is in the States, whereas with Final Fantasy, it's flipped. Yep. Uh, anyway, let's... Uh, and yeah, d- Hey, you know what? That maybe brings us to the melancholy of Harui Suzumiya, because I feel like this is... I, I don't know about how popular it was in Japan. I, uh, it I, was
0: insanely popular. It was we hugely those, popular in Japan. We watched those dances of uh, people doing street takeovers of Akihabara.
2: That's true, yeah. hugely so, popular. And certainly known for... Among anime fans outside of uh, its home territory, uh, Giant and so we're mega hit, big hit. So we're going to talk about season two right now. Uh, let's start with episode eight, Bamboo Leaf Rhapsody.
0: So uh, this episode takes place on the seventh of July, which we know we we rarely know where we are in time in Haruhi Suzumiya. We know it's oh it's summer now it's fall oh it's spring etc. But uh, the Tanabata Festival is uh, a star festival, and um, it uh, it celebrates the meetings of these two deities, Orihime and Hikobushi, Boshi, uh, who are the stars Vega and Altair in the uh, in the skies. When I went to japan recently and saw a uh, uh, the once a year geisha performance festival they celebrated this story on stage which is of i uh, of two lovers who um who are 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 separated and then they come mm. back together once a year um Haru is really excited about this festival she steals a bamboo tree from uh, a private, some <laughs> private property. <laughs> also, I want to say that the I feel like there is a very light, um, animation improvement in season two. Mm-hmm. It looks, it looks
2: really crisp. Yeah, it
0: looks just a little bit better, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh man, you can see the, the first season was a big hit, so the second season's got like a. Just a, a tiny like the dial was turned up just a little bit harder. Like you'll see the line work on characters when they have their hands folded, that not every line of their hand is outlined, but instead, like there are outlines on specific parts of their hand, giving everything a softer look, setting up Kyoto animations like hallmarks that they, they feature in shows like Kaon. Kaon? Kaon? I don't know. Um anyway. Haruhi steals a bamboo tree and brings these uh, rectangular pieces of, of cardboard or colored paper uh, to the club room, which are called tanzaku. Uh, and you write down a wish on these pieces of paper, and you hang them on a bamboo tree, and then they f- they shine towards the stars. Haruhi. Is like so the the close she she breaks down the science of it and she's like, So the yes. closest stars are uh sixteen years away, sixteen light years away. No and information And they are Vega and Altair, yeah. Yeah, and, and no information can uh travel faster than the speed of light. So we know that it will take sixteen years for us to get our wishes to these stars. So think about what you want in 16 years as opposed to what you want now. And Uh, Kion's like wouldn't it also mean then that it would take 16 years more for those wishes to come back to us and she's like no these are gods yes she's
2: completely inconsistent
0: yeah (laughs) so everybody writes down their wishes which are um charming I didn't write down all of they all kind of fit their characters yeah you know Mikuru wants to be better at I think sewing and cooking
2: yes she, I think, does not get the point, does not understand how what this process would work, how this would work logistically.
0: And then there's um uh Yuki's like peace and harmony, yeah, are her wishes?, um, you know, everybody, everybody's got their own little their own little character specific wishes. And then Harhi hangs the bamboo tree out of the window to shine those wishes towards the stars. And then she becomes depressed. And the rest of the club members are like, huh, it's not it's never great when she becomes melancholy.
2: Yeah, there's like, you know, there's an aside in the sequence where Koizumi is just like, you know, she like she has the power to reshape the world. Yeah. And and it's just kind of like kind of tossed away Um it's also like this is this is kind of the episode where it kind of because Kazumi's got like the slight smile at all times, and it really like kind of leaned on me, like it it kind of clicked with me. Goes, oh, that's just all an act, like he's all just like sort of like maintaining this, you know, uh, this facade of of normalcy, the of of contentment to try to like not anger this uh, this deity he's trying to appease.
0: Yep. It's, uh, it you. It feels like he's a hostage.
2: Yes, 100, yeah, that's a great way to put it. He's, he's much,
0: pacifying much the god instead yeah. of actually having a good time. Um, but yeah, Harhi is sad and, uh, I think she mentions, you know, like, it's hard to be, uh, it's hard to have a July 7th without thinking of other July 7ths. Mm-hmm. And she eventually leaves and, uh, heads out and then, uh, Mikuru gives Kyon a uh, a wish paper and he reads it and it's like hey stay stay after club i need to talk to you. And he's like oh thank god she's so cute this is going to be great. Yes. Um everybody else leaves and Yuki also gives him a piece of paper. Yeah. And uh he's like oh, all right sticks it in his pocket and then he's like Mikuru what do you want and she's like I need you to travel to three years, time travel to three years ago with me. And he's like, Oh, why? And she's like, I can't tell you. And he's like, Okay. Um, well, I trust you. Sure. And she's like, Just, he's like, Can I see the time machine? And she's like, No, it's classified. <laughs> and I'm, he's, he, she sits him on a folding chair puts her hands on his shoulders and then he passes out and he wakes up on her lap on a park bench Yes, seemingly three years earlier, though he has no visual proof of this.
2: He seems the same age. She seems younger. She seems like a younger version of herself or at least is, is costumed like a younger version of
0: herself. But then she passes out on the bench and adult... Mikuru is there. Yes. And adult Mikuru is like, I can't, you know, she can't see me because she doesn't remember seeing me three years earlier. Um, but I need you to go to this location, carry her on your back, uh, and uh and take care of the task at hand. And he's like, Do am I allowed to know what's going on? Uh and, and she's like, Nope. Um so Kyon carries the unconscious Mikuru with him, and finally finds the evidence of it being three years earlier because they run into the middle school version of Haruhi. Haruhi in seventh grade, yes. breaking into her school, yeah, right.
2: <laughs> scaling a fence. It's it's Kyon is such an interesting character because it's like he goes with the flow. So with so little resistance, he just kind of like acquiesces to everything, and it seems like sometimes his justification is just like, "Ah, like I don't want to put up a fight or whatever. He's just like I I don't know. He's just he's just so maybe so non confrontational, or in the instances with with uh, with uh, Mikuru, is just like she's just kind of like so like please you have to travel in time with me or else I'll be in trouble. And he's just like, mm, she's cute, you know, <laughs> like, like, it's like, that's enough of a reason for him to do this fucking insane thing without yeah. any further explanation. So I don't know, I I, he, I I just like he's, I like, I like, I like following his journey, because it's yeah. just sort of like, he's shepherded along in the same way the viewer is, which I is obviously intentional. And I yeah. think,
1: like, because of that, I like, I... He's positioned to be so relatable. Like, I I, I, I relate to that because I'm somebody who's like, I think I would do the same thing. I've never sent back food in my life. Like, I was like, (laughs) uh, you know what I mean? Like, like, I've never, like, done something where I was like, oh, like, this is not the experience I want to be having. I'm just going to leave or something. I'll just do whatever.
0: I'm wrestling right now with whether I I had a a particularly tough Airbnb experience. Mm Mm-hmm and i'm wrestling so much with whether or not to leave an honest review or just be like yeah it was fine
2: yeah right. yeah it's
0: so hard it's so hard i guess in that way i'm more kion than i am harhi because harhi would be like this I'm place burn this house sucked. down <laughs> fuck yeah. you <laughs> yeah exactly uh, but yeah uh harhi in 7th grade the same girl She's younger, but she's the same. Like, immediately demands Kion help her. Like, doesn't doesn't flinch when she sees a high school student. Like, she's just immediately like, "Hey, come here!" I need also giving
2: giving a seventh grader a piggyback ride because because Mikuru is unconscious. And adult Mikuru is like, you need to carry me over there. So he's giving this unconscious girl a piggyback ride.
0: Okay. I think that you're, I don't think you're right about it being three years ago Mikuru.
2: Okay. You think she's the same age?
0: I think she's the same age because of the way the puzzle resolves.
2: Got it. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I get what you're saying.
0: uh, So I think she's, she's our Mikuru from our time. And... I mean that that doesn't change her point. Like she, Ari doesn't give a shit that that this high school student is giving a uh, piggyback ride to another high school student. She's just like, "Hey, come here, come He's to the fucking baseball field with me. I need yes. your help." Yeah. Uh, and then demands that he <laughs> use the chalk liner to make this symbol that she's wants to make, which. He doesn't even, like, she doesn't have, like, a map. She's just, like, shouting instructions at him. Yeah. Like, left, right, go there. Uh, and he draws the symbol on the baseball field that we've heard about in season one as something that Haruhi did in seventh grade.
2: Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom style, like, massive, uh, you know, installation you can only see from the air.
0: Yeah. Or the Nazca lines, Nazca. Anyway, NASCAR. Um, NASCAR lines. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Kion makes this symbol and has a short scene with Harhi where she's like, "Hey, what's your what's your name?" And he's like, "John Smith." And this is interesting because when Harhi first meets Kion, she's like, "Have we met before?" Which is right. nice because now we know that they have yes. this fucking show is a lock man they've got they they had it all figured out ahead of time um
2: it's also like to me that this is just uh, that that John Smith is like he doesn't it's not like he says, you know, a generic japanese name and it's translated as John Smith. He says like John Smith. <laughs> yeah. in the japanese.
0: And she's like, "Oh, you're a smart yeah. ass." Got it. Yeah. Uh then she asks she asks Hyun, do you think aliens exist? Do you think time travelers exist? Do you think espers exist? Uh, and he's like, yeah, I, you know, they're probably around. Like, I, I bet I bet they are. Which later haunts him because he's like, did I incept the ideas of this into Har- Haruhi's head in the past? And yes. that's why I'm stuck in this fucking club?
2: And also specifically mentions North High. As yeah. like, you know, and she's kind of like, mm, North High.
0: Yeah. You know. That's why she ends up going to the high school and, and sitting right. behind him. Um, so, uh, she runs off. She goes home, whatever. And Kion wakes up Mikuru, and she's like, realizes that her TPDD, also known as the Temporal Plane Destruction Device, uh, it, The thing that allowed her to travel forward or back in time is gone, and she just starts crying. (laughs) Oh my god, I'm gonna be in so much trouble. It's
1: so sad. But is the justification for that being she has it in the future, but she doesn't have it three years ago? So she's three years in the past. So that means she doesn't have it anymore.
0: I think she does. That make sense.
1: You think she dropped it? <laughs> <laughs> you think she just like lost
0: it? <laughs> I think she just lost it. I don't I don't quite remember what actually happened, but I I I don't I don't know. She she No,
2: doesn't... unless I unless I missed it, it's not like like there's like a clear moment where it, you see a device fall out of her pocket or you see, you know, Haruhi steal it or something like that. I think she's just like it's
1: gone. I think I'm just thinking about it in like a time travel sense, like in a specifically like Lost like time travel sense. Uh-huh. Like I feel like, uh, I feel like there's a moment in Lost or in something else where they like, they like put something in someone's pocket so it's there later or something like that. Or like, yeah, it's a very yeah. common thing. Yeah, I just
2: like I I yeah I just I so don't know universe. if we have that moment here. Um, the. So yeah, you know when she says she's 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 sobbing, she's so like, we're going to be trapped in this time. There's nothing we can do. And Kion's just like, man, bad news. <laughs> like, he's just like, so like, <laughs> damn, that sucks. He's so <laughs> deadpan about it. He's just like, kind of like, I didn't, his, his internal monologue is like, I didn't really feel any sense of urgency, but. Uh,
0: well, he also he is, is like, not. adult Mikaru must have known that this was going to happen. Right. she wasn't stressed out about it, so I'm not going to be stressed out about it.
2: Yeah, like, yeah, the logic kind of tracks. It is just kind of funny to hear such like a momentous thing and not really be phased. Yeah. Uh, And then he remembers he has the Tanzaku that was given to him uh, by uh, Yuki earlier.
0: Yeah. And he looks at it, and it's the exact same symbols that, I mean, I don't think he reveals that to us yet, but it's the same symbols that Haruhi had just drawn had him draw on the on the baseball field. So they go to Yuki's house, which is the same house, and he rings the bell and she doesn't. <laughs> My favorite bit in this is she she picks up and says nothing.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, "Ah, uh, hey, um, I we're. If I say the name Haruhi Suzumiya to you, is that gonna?" does that mean anything? And then the doors open, they go upstairs and Yuki does the coolest. She does like two sci-fi moves here that are so fucking hype. One is she synchronizes with her future version of herself so that she has all the memories of the future version of herself, which is awesome. Like what a great idea that you would be a, uh, an entity that exists across the boundaries of time thus you could send information to and from the past it's great uh but yeah. I, but but her, her second great move is that she's like hey uh i'm going to i'm going to get you guys back to where you need to be just go to bed in this room and Keanu and Mikuru freak out cuz you're not supposed to You're in your high school. You're not supposed to share a room with a boy or a girl. right? But Yuki's like, don't worry. You're just going to sleep. It's fine. So they tuck themselves into bed. Mikuru is terribly stressed out. Yuki turns off the lights, whispers one of her like fucking crazy magic spells. Yes. Closes the door and then immediately opens the door and turns the light back on. And she's like, okay, it's three years later. And they're like, what the fuck? What do you mean?
1: I did hear that, Heather.
0: Yeah. it.
1: So Heather told us before we started recording that there's a seagull right outside her window and that right. it might come in. And I just heard it. And I don't know if I'm going to keep this in or not. But it was so funny to hear it.
0: <laughs> there's yeah, there's a there's a, a several baby seagulls. Oh my god, they are so close to the window.
1: Wait, can you take a wow. picture so I can see?
0: Uh yeah, 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 yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, we heard about this before we started recording <laughs> that this was a possibility and now, you know, 40 minutes in, it's finally paying off here in Act 3, baby.
0: Here. Here's here is how close here's how close they are. They're very, they're very close. I just sent the, t- the uh, text to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they are right there. Wow, they're and ex- the baby
1: one is so baby.
0: Yeah, they're extremely close. There's four or five baby ones. Oh, And then, and then the big mama seagull. And I don't know what just happened, but they started making a ton of noise and flying around and getting really upset. But now they're calmed down again.
1: mm and they're like we don't like the show.
0: <laughs> so yeah, if you can't always
2: shoot it with an arrow and turn it into a drumstick. Uh,
0: so yeah, if uh if Abadaka keeps this stuff in, then you have heard the the seagulls that I was afraid were going to attack me. Um okay, so this cool fucking sci-fi move is that she froze time in the room. Right. And then uh just waited three years and then unfroze time for them, which Kyon points out, does that mean that when I was here and you were explaining what you were to me, that I was also asleep in the room (laughs) next to you? And she's like, I fucking
2: love that. I love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, and I think that's it. Like they they go they go on their 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 journey, and it's that's the that's yeah. the the episode. They 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 run into Hari or or Kion runs into Hari back in the classroom, and she's just like, "Yeah, I'm, I can't stop thinking about other July seventh's," and he's not willing to say it was me. Like he's not going to say that.
1: No, that
0: would yes, be bad right. for
1: time travel.
2: There's also reasons. like you get a little bit of Mikuru just talking about how just like look I'm just like kind of a pawn I have this superior who tells me what to do I just kind of follow orders I don't really know what I'm doing, um, and she's just sort of like how how like guided by you know forces outside of her control she is and Kion is all speculating that it's just like okay that the it's future Mikuru future Miss Asahina is kind of like pulling the strings here because she knows what our rea- what what the future holds.
0: Yeah, It's, it's uh, good shit. It's a good yep. shit. It's a good episode. Good episode. Good episode. A nice introduction to um, season two of Haruhi Suzumiya and a new ending theme.
2: Yeah. New ending theme.
0: Which is good, but doesn't compare, I think, to the new opening theme called Super Driver, which starts the next episode, episode 12, a.k.a. season two, episode two, endless eight, part one. Let's play a little bit of that. Such a high bar to make a better opening theme than the season one, right? Yes, it's it's yeah. it's not going to happen. But this song is still a fucking banger.
1: Yeah,
2: it's good. It's good stuff.
1: I kind of, I don't oh. know. I, I I think I, I like it a, just a little bit more. Ooh. Only because this is more my zone. That's oh, like yeah. my that's like my shit right there.
0: Yep. I look. I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong. If, if you, you like agree. it more, that's fine. God, I'm so grateful that Evangelion didn't have two seasons with a different opening.
1: Imagine anyway. them airing that
0: <laughs> in a
1: different order. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, so Endless 8 Part 1 tells the story of uh, the SOS Brigade's summer vacation. Uh, and Haruhi is like, hey we got to make the most of our fucking summer vacation. We got to do it as we got to really, really fucking pack it full. And she makes a list of all the stuff that they're going to do. And Kieran's like, "Ah, I don't know. This seems like a pretty, pretty big list. And she's like, yeah, but, but we got to do it. Like we can't immediately
2: reminded me of going on vacations with my dad as a kid of just like he just like had to hit like we're gonna hit up these museums we're gonna hit this fucking park then we're like every like every thing was like there was like tasks yeah and now when i go on vacation i'm just like i don't have a fucking checklist i have a bunch of quests i have to do i go with no plans i don't fucking do shit Cause like that, like having to rush to mu- to different museums to try to hit up like all these different branches of the Smithsonian the same day with like a like a quick on your feet break for lunch, just it's just like God, Jesus Christ, this is more stressful than just being at home. So <laughs> I, I completely, definitely had a had a stress memory from the idea of just being with someone who had an agenda for vacation.
0: Um, Keon's also like, don't we need to do our homework? At some point during the summer break. And her, he's like, yeah, I fucking did it at the beginning of summer break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In three days, So that yeah. I don't have to focus on it or stress out about it. Keon's like, oh, well, that's not what I did. Um, <laughs> So on August 17th, the group goes swimming. They go to a swimming pool, a public swimming pool, which is just packed full of people People and is my personal fucking nightmare. Like, I don't. Like swimming, and the idea of swimming with that many people stresses me the fuck out. Sure. Um,
2: so we're both having like,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's a stressful, well, like miserable experience.
1: Let me just go ahead and say, uh huh. It it sounds like the best summer of all time. Like it's like it's like that's like <laughs> so much. Everything that she picks to do is like this is gonna be so fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, it looks it does look fun. Just one of the one of the events is not for me, but I do like Mikuru making sandwiches. Those sandwiches looked so good. Sandwiches
2: look good. They, fucking big, big basket of sandwiches with fried chicken. Holy shit! Oh my
0: god! Everybody's like, this is fucking great. August eighteenth. Yeah. Next day, they attend the Oban festival, and the Oban festival is uh, y- y- it's like a outdoor festival. You need yukata, which are these like sort of like summer kimono type looking clothes god i hope i didn't just offend the entire country of japan
2: (laughs) it's a traditional garment it's a
0: traditional garment um okay
2: can can, can i step down real quick and i just like there's a there's a there's a couple jokes i like that happened earlier uh which is just one is they like when haruhi just tell informs Kion what they're doing she says bring plenty of money and then um (laughs) and then he shows up and like she's like you're late. You're the last one here. You get you have to pay a fine. And he's like, I was 15 minutes early, and I was still the last <laughs> one here. <laughs> Just like everyone was so afraid of being. It's like in Goodfellas when he when Henry Hill shows up to a meeting 30 minutes <laughs> early, and the guy's already there because they're both afraid of being whacked. It's like this. Like everyone is shown up super early because they don't want to be on Haruhi's bad side. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. The uh, Obon festival. I got to. I got to uh, attend one. When I was in Japan, the very, very first time I I ever went to Japan, uh, just happened to be there at the right time, and um, it's such a good fucking vibe, man. Wow. It is such a good like the food is good. The little stalls you got all these little foods. I did goldfish catching, just like just like they do. I didn't catch a fish. It's really hard. Haruhi's wrong. Yeah. Um. But well, yeah, they got like twelve. They, they go. <laughs> they go to yeah they get they get some uh yukata uh the girls get all all dressed up and then they go to this uh festival they play games and then Har- he's like we gotta we gotta do some fireworks we gotta do fireworks and then they light some like sparklers yuki lights a snake one of those little those little ash fireworks and is hypnotized by it and I felt really yeah. seen because that was my favorite firework when I was a kid. Because I was like, what is happening? What am I looking at? Like as a kid, it's, it transfixes you. Um, then then they, uh, they strap a bunch of fireworks to the back of Kion's bike. And he races the bike and fires them off into the sky. And it's awesome. And it's a great festival.
2: There's a cool moment at the festival earlier where uh, uh, Yuki goes to like there's there's just a bunch of uh, displays of masks and yep. she's kind of like transfixed by them and she ends up buying like a robot mask and just like hangs it over the side of her face yeah like she seems to have a lot of like connection to it
0: yeah I like it's it's a anytime Yuki does something by choice yeah it like it's electric like when she right. likes typing you're like yes. Oh man, she really likes typing. When she sees this robot mask, she's like, "I want to buy this," and buys yeah. it. And Harry, when they all they all like meet up again, Hari's like, "What's with the mask?" And she's yeah. like, "I I purchased it." And Hari's like, "Huh?" <laughs> she, <laughs> There's no other take on it. It's just like, okay. Um, the next day is August nineteenth. And the gang goes cicada catching. Haru's like, we're going to go bug catching. Uh, it's going to be a competition. We're going to catch as many bugs as we can. This is not an activity I did when I was a kid. But yeah. I guess it's enough of a summer activity in Japan that Pokemon is a game designed by people who are like, I have fond memories of bug catching when I was a kid.
2: I think it's pretty universal. I mean, I feel like there's the, the catching a catching an insect with a net and putting it into a jar is kind of like a, you know... that That people do that in the US too. They do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't do I I never... I, I always thought bugs were gross, but I know there are definitely people who like, yeah, you have a little jar with a butterfly in it. And yeah. I that, definitely had... The so they can breathe.
1: I had like a butterfly net and I had like a... Like, but I never... Like, I don't think I like displayed them. I would just like see if I could catch one and be like, okay, bye. Uh, and, and catch and you know, and let it go. Uh, but I was also a kid that would like lift rocks or move rocks and see what was going on under the rock and be like, look, there's like crazy bugs under the rock. Right.
2: Sometimes like five rupees, which is
1: nice. Sometimes a rupee. Uh, sometimes, um, just a stairway down. A stair, yeah, a stairway could be down there. Uh, uh, but sometimes it was just freaking n- nothing. Yeah. And I'm holding its rock over my head. Like, okay, what do I do with yeah. this? And I just toss it. Yeah, haha. Ha. <laughs>
0: Oof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. So, what was the.
1: Oh, huh? <laughs> never mind. No. I <laughs> was thinking what? about the Mario bump sound that you did the other day. And it's so <laughs> oh, funny. Then. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs>
0: so, uh they 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 cicada catch Haruhi, of course collects more cicadas than anybody else. Um it's a, it's the a nice terrified
2: and falls down.
0: Nice little <laughs> montage. Everybody's having a good time. Then it's August 20th and it's time to get part-time jobs because Haruhi apparently put on her list one of the things you do in the summer is you get a part-time job. We gotta do it. So they get a single day mascot job. The three three of the three of the SOS Brigade, uh, which is Mikuru and Kion and Koizumi all have to wear these mascot costumes and get yes. people to come to the store and it is broiling outside. And you see them in the uh in the break room and they're like, oh my god, this is awful. This is fucking awful. Yeah. Uh, but at least we're gonna get paid. And Haruhi's like,
2: Go, oh what? I was just gonna say real quick, just it's just on the on this the previous sequence before we get too deep into this. First off, like the the moment when they release the cicadas, because you talked about the animation going up a notch, it's just like such as, it's a it's a really gorgeous shot, you know? It's like this this really warm palette of like the summer evening, and Haruhi opens the case and then just like uh you know the the camera's almost like a circle track dolly it's just like panning around her um as uh as the cicadas like fly off into the distance it's like such a it seems like such a high degree of difficulty uh for that that shot and it just looks so fantastic um but then also she like wants to she's like patting yourselves on the back for like releasing all the cicadas but then <laughs> Keon's like wait did you, but you caught them like wait, wait hold on
1: <laughs> there's
2: also another thing that happens here which is Harui is like speculating about like eating them as tempura <laughs> and, and, and it's just like maybe that like tempura maybe the only reason tempura tastes good is the batter like you could put like a, just a fucking bug in it and it would still taste good which is just so fucking weird <laughs> and that everyone kind of has to humor her Kion- I thought they were going to eat these bugs at some point
0: Kion also is like the batter's the only good please apologize to everybody in Japan <laughs> <laughs> and then he brings it back later and he's like, well, I'm glad you didn't make it into tempura. And she acts like it's the craziest thing she's ever heard. She's yeah. like, what are you fucking talking
2: about? Yeah, you want to eat them? What are you talking about? <laughs> Sorry. And then and then we go to the, the where, yeah, they get part-time yeah, jobs. They get
0: part-time jobs and they're like looking forward to getting paid. But Hari's like, no, the truth is it's going to be, we're going to get these this mascot costume for free. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and she's like, I got a deal. Which is great, because we also see that mascot costume in the break room. Yes. Canonically later in the show, but uh, broadcast order earlier. And so now we know how they got that mascot costume mm-hmm. was by doing this part-time job.
2: Yeah. Being uh, kicked by kids. <laughs> standing in the sun. All day.
0: <laughs> the next day, August 21st, they go stargazing which is nice. Koizumi's got a uh, telescope and he's like, did you get this just for this? He's like, no, it used to be my hobby when I was a kid. Uh, it's Mikuru's
2: a- like, this is the same kind that like Kepler would use. And he's <laughs> like, no, this is much more advanced.
0: <laughs> it's funny to see the rules of improv are just constantly happening to Kion. Yes, like, yeah. Like somebody on stage says something insane and you say the rational thing, and then the other person denies the idea that you, that, that is the rational choice. Not denies right. the scene, but it's like, you know, I, I bet I could get like four or five apples in my butt. And the other person goes, wait, you're going to what? And it's like, don't. I mean, okay, fine. I could do five. You think I can't do five? Like, that's, that's all of the scenes of Haruhi Suzumiya. So they do some stargazing uh August 22nd, they do some batting practice. Maybe Matt's right. Maybe this is just a wonderful summer. It's pretty packed.
2: It it's sounds fun. Too many activities. Some of the activities seem fun, <laughs> but again, just the pressure of trying <laughs> yeah. to like hit the checklist is what gets me. And I feel like yeah. Keon
1: is like not enjoying himself. I do have like a group of friends still that like uh Sometimes, like you know, and I, and I, I love these people. They're like closest friends. But sometimes, like when they make a plan to do something, they're like everybody has to come do this. And if there's like a, I feel like there's like a sense of pressure to do the thing with everyone. And sometimes I'm like, well, I kind of just want to like stay home. Like so, I I do see both sides yeah. of it, kind of, you know. Yeah.
2: Batting cage seems fun though. I would love and to just go Harui hit two just, dingers. Like, fucking, yeah, Harui. Well, that's what Harui's up to. <laughs> <That's> fucking <laughs> smacking home run after home run. <laughs> Miku is terrified of the ball.
0: <laughs> yeah, she Hari hits a sign, which I only know is in a Japanese batting cage because of the game Yakuza. Hmm. Where you hit the sign and then it plays a little song and she hits the sign to get a home run. Uh on the twenty third of August, they uh go to the local fireworks. They've lit fireworks of their own, but now they're going to see the big fireworks. So they get out the Yukata again. They're watching the big fireworks. It's really pretty. Kion's like, it's a pretty spectacular display. Fills you up with some some feelings. Uh, summer continues. August 24th, they go line fishing. Again, this is all one episode. They yes. do so much shit in this episode. They go fishing. Um it's okay, you know, they're they're not very successful at it, but uh Harhi is just whipping her line back and forth over the water and eventually loosens her bait which falls onto Mikuru, who gets so scared that Mikuru drops her fishing line in the water and then yes. gets in trouble. Nice a nice little Oh, we'll remember that. It'll be like the thing that we talk about when we're in college. Remember when you were when you get that worm on you. Yeah. August 25th, Test of Courage, which I've seen <laughs> in a bunch of anime. They go to a cemetery in the middle of the night with flashlights. Haruhi makes an astonishing face when she tries to scare Mikuro. She turns around with the flashlight on her face, and her character design is so warped that she doesn't even look like Haruhi. No. Um,
2: and scares the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, scares just fucking terrified.
0: <laughs> Which also, you have. I mean, I don't know. Look, I don't think anybody in the history of flashlights has ever turned a flashlight on themselves and legitimately scared another person. Yeah, but Hari, he pulled it off. Maybe Mikuru didn't have a choice but to be scared. Well, I was going to say,
1: too, I think if you're going to try and do that on anybody, Mikuru's your easiest mark, easily. 100%. Yep. The rest of them aren't going to get scared. Mikuru, you, had, you have a pretty good chance, I think.
0: Yep. Uh, on August 26th, they go to a blockbuster movie, which is overhyped, uh, <laughs> and they watch it alone in a big, empty movie theater. Uh, they seem to be watching a like it looks like a detective movie. It's like a guy in a in a fucking fedora. It's an action sequence, you know. But it looks like it,
2: a fucking old movie too. Yeah. So it's just that it's that it's, it's weird. Whatever they're watching.
0: Yeah. If it was today, they'd be watching The Flash. Uh, and no they then... wouldn't
1: no they wouldn't they simply would not be watching that movie nobody watched <laughs> well, it well, that's <laughs> well in what an they... empty theater yeah <laughs> it was an empty theater okay yeah yeah I guess they would be the only ones So then, watching it on the uh... blockchain.
0: oh man poof um,
2: you know that movie is gonna end up grossing less than the Green Lantern yeah like the Ryan
1: Reynolds Green Lantern isn't that wild and I didn't tell you guys this I did see the movie and ugh like I how, liked parts of it but it was dumb and bad.
0: How bad? I wonder if I I wish I wish we could split the multiverses and see how Batgirl would have done. Hmm. I want to yeah. know on paper if Batgirl would have made more money.
1: I'd be I was a little more interested in that than I was this. Uh but it's still like uh it's yeah. all too much. Yeah, I just want to much. see movies now about like boring men, like boring men and women, just like doing their boring stuff. I'm sick of all this multiverse.
0: Yeah, yeah we
2: kind of reached a saturation point. I feel like.
0: I agree, I agree. Uh, August twenty seventh, time to go to the ocean and swim at sea. They're gonna see some jellyfish right, right by the shore. Really nice little little, little
2: dance of the moonlight jellies. Stardew Valley nod. Uh,
0: Okay, I trust you. Uh, Then (laughs) August 28th, they go bowling. And Harhee's like, you can't leave unless you get a strike.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What I love about the activities is that the rules are so strict. It's so funny. No,
2: nothing is allowed to be fun. It all has to be some sort of competition. Uh,
0: And then on the 29th, also what I like about uh the bowling scores is that it's clear that Yuki is choosing what her scores are. Like she's choosing what Oh, I didn't she does. zero in on that. So wait, let me
2: let, Yuki's yeah.
0: bowling score, don't look it up because I don't want you to find any spoilers. Okay. Uh is uh 1 2 3 4 5 4 3 2 1 2 3 4 5 3 like she just is go like she's doing scales with bowling. Oh wow. That's funny, which is charming. Um, so they do bowling the next day. They do karaoke, and then finally, it is the end of the summer. And Kieran's like, ha oh, fuck! I gotta, I gotta do my homework." And so he sits down to do it, but then confesses to us that he just wanted to slack off and not do any of his homework, and uh, he doesn't finish his assignment. And that's the end of this beautiful summer, like, gauntlet that these kids ran. I love
2: the montage of when Keon's by himself later yeah. and he's just, like, trying to do homework. It's just such a great way of, like... Conveying procrastination and like the small way of uh, the small you know amount of progress you make and the breaks you give yourself it's the part where he's doing some studying and like his he's in the foreground and his his little sister's in the background playing video games, and then it just cuts to him he's also playing video games with her so fun and it's just sort of like, yeah, I don't know it's 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 a nice little study of what that feels like,
0: yeah it's um. It's nice. It's a nice episode. So it feels yeah, this like a, a good one. It feels like a good summer. Um, and that's that's the first two episodes of season two of the Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Next week, we're going to be watching episodes thirteen and fourteen. Nice, not too confusing. We go right from twelve into thirteen, and then fourteen, and. uh, and watching Endless 8's part 2 and 3. And that's that's what we're going to be doing. That's it.
1: I'm excited. These, these you know, uh learning that there is like a season 2 and that it was like this weird like sort of like package thing uh I was a little worried about maybe not liking the season 2 episodes as much. Hmm. But I I'm happy to report that I like them just as much as I liked season one episodes so far.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's good a, stuff so far. It's a great fucking show.
1: Let's see let's see where it
2: goes. All right, well, hey, we just kicked off season two of Harui Suzumiya. But, you know, last week we took a little hiatus from our uh, good pal Harui and her melancholy and talked about the movie Jujutsu Kaisen Zero as season two of that mo- uh, anime is currently airing. Let's go ahead and get your reactions. It's chain reactions, colon, you jutsu chatson,
1: <laughs> colon blue talk. We didn't talk about this. That's really good. Okay, great. Y- <laughs> I'm just going to say for the time of day that it is, for that being one of the first things you've said to us today, <laughs> that's really good. Okay, great.
0: Fuck yeah.
1: Uh, um, and I'm gonna go ahead and read this first one from uh the Mooch, David Moochie. Hey Mooch. What's up, Mooch? Uh honored to be called the Mooch by my favorite podcasters, and Scaramucci is basically my Walu my Waluigi. But I do wish my <laughs> improv training would have allowed me to come up with something as funny as I'm not Steve Bannon, I'm not trying to suck my own cock. <laughs> 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 it sucks that the some of the uh the, the greatest monsters of our time happen to also be kind of funny. Yeah, extremely <laughs> it's, uh, funny. It sucks. Is, um, that,
2: is that the full comment?
1: That's a comment, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mooch. Uh, this one's from Numlocks. Hi, Numlocks.
0: Hi, Numlocks. Numlocks?
1: I finished Gundam Ori- Origins and now on to 13 of the OG series. I am hooked and in, in plan on watching all the Gundam main universe shows. Where has wow. this been all my life? Wow.
0: Yes, yes. Wow. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the the <laughs> land of Gundam, my good friend. <laughs> May I ask you, traveler, to hang your hat and stay a while.
2: <laughs> Heather is indoctrinating it. people.
0: I love it. I it love can be it worse. so much.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna have, have to a, give you a, a, a peek.
0: I have a Gundam sweatshirt which mm-hmm. r- is the most complimented piece of clothing I have. And Ooh. the other day I was at a restaurant wearing this Gundam sweatshirt, which is a uh, sweatshirt from people will be like, "What's the sweatshirt?" and I'll be like, "It's from uh P Bandai, which is um the uh, Bandai online store with special sales. Uh I don't know if it was released in the United States, but I use a proxy in order to order these shirts uh, from Japan. Mm -hmm. And it is a shirt of Char, Char Aznable, uh, in sort of gold relief, and it's stylized. And the other day I went to a restaurant and uh, one of the waiters said, yo, where'd you get that shirt? And I was like, oh, it's from uh, anime. It's from Japan. And he was like, "Can I take a picture of it and show it to my boss?" And I was like, "Yes." And so he took up, like, he framed up just my shirt, mm-hmm. like, c- cut off my head, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and took a photo of it. Gundam. Is a universal language of style. It is a good, good fucking time. That's, That's very cool. Gotta, a- I'm
2: quite acquainted with Jar, oh, Jar with Char, Char uh, from uh, from uh, uh, Gundam the Origin. Yes. I gotta, got meet a this guy. A complicated figure. Oh yeah. Um. Well, hey, I guess. Uh, I guess more people are walking or are watching Gundam. Maybe we'll be
1: talking Gundam at some point. We gotta at least do a Gundam episode. You know what I mean? We'll do it. Um. This next one's from Callum. Hi, Callum. Hey, Callum. Hello. I really love this show and movie, but totally agree with your critiques. They just don't affect my enjoyment. Also, kind of a bummer, but very topical. The excellent actor who voices Utah in the dub has spoken about how she was paid peanuts for this very successful movie. And then the, uh, then Callum left an emoji. The upside down smiling emoji. And that, if you haven't used that before, yeah, that's sort of like, know. a oh, brother.
2: Yeah, I know. I, I, that one's at that one's my most used. I'll, th- I'll toss that one into a chat pretty frequently. <laughs> Uh, that yes, that's that's an ongoing issue with I mean voiceover artists in particular when we're dealing with with uh, with anime. I know that that sometimes and and you know we've talked to a few uh, voice actors recently on the main feed and don't can't speak to their experiences in particular, but I I know from just generally like like a lot of a lot of people who work in anime are not necessarily well compensated and in fact. And anime dubbing, in particular, and in fact, make the bulk of their income from things like appearing at cons, uh, and you know. So it's that that's that's a, that's that is disappointing, and that is an, an issue with the industry.
1: Very yeah, and that's you know, obviously there are two strikes going. There's multiple strikes going on currently, but mm-hmm. there in in Hollywood in general, there are two there are two main strikes going on. Yeah, uh, and that's basically what they're fighting for to get to get more money uh or more monies for the people who are doing the labor, which is good
0: uh, it it is it is I know we talk about the strikes often on the the podcast um I wish that there was a way to audit these productions like truly audit them and see exactly who is getting the money like mm-hmm. on a pie chart because I know that there are pie charts that are like you know, this is all the writers are asking for and here's what goes to the... But, like, to really break down, like, every fucking cent in... Like, I was reading a a tweet series about Men in Black, which was a $94 million movie that has made infinity money and is still considered a loss. Like, it has never gotten a profit. And that money has to be going somewhere. And I wish I could see where it was going
2: there is so much graft that goes on i feel like in any large financial instrument and you know i think production is a way that i i i bet money is just laundered and yeah i i think we all we've all probably worked on projects where you've done you've worked on something you've spent a lot of time on it and there's like credited people on it Production companies or names, you're like, I don't know who that is, and I've never seen them, and I have no idea what their role is, and they are they are making as a cut more than my share of every you know episode that comes out of every unit of this media product that is released commercially, and so. That that's a that's a commonplace thing. I mean, that's just part of how the industry works. Yeah. Uh, t- so I'm I'm sure you're right. I'm sure that people are fucking just to just skimming a little bit off the top or skimming a lot off the top. Uh, unfortunately, it's 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 very rarely that the people who actually benefit from them are the people who are doing the work. Uh, all that said. A- a- another bummer is that a lot of anime dubbing, or most anime dubbing, maybe all of it, is not covered by SAG-AFTRA. Right. So it's they're kind of on their own. You know, they're yeah. they're dealing with their own issues there. Um, it'd be nice if we could figure out animation is the next frontier. I think in terms of animation and VFX, in terms of labor rights in the entertainment industry, because so many of those are just operating under, you know, either less powerful unions or under or
1: non union entirely. Well, it it should be said, our hats are off to everybody who's uh, on the picket lines right now, and uh, whether it's in entertainment or otherwise. Those McDonald's uh, people that are um, striking right now, I salute you the most.
2: God bless them. God bless them. Thank you for your service.
1: Uh, This next
2: one... Although Matt pointedly said that with his hat attached to his head, so...
1: Well, he what, what am I? Okay, what? Am I, what am I gonna do? You're saying metaphorically, hats off. Meta- saying metaphorically, saying, hats off. Not literally. I'm wearing a hat. Wearing I, there's a, there's a over the head headphones. You know, what, you're gonna call uh-huh. me out like that. Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I take hey, that back. Uh, this next one's from Michael Pemulis.
0: Hello, Michael. Hello, up, Michael. Michael.
1: I like when there's um, a first and last name. It just feels so formal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I know a lot lot about this person already. Uh, So, Michael writes, This movie was my intro to Jujutsu Kaisen. I'm glad I watched it, but I didn't connect with it. I felt the same way when I watched some of Tokyo Ghoul. I thought it looked great, but I didn't care what happened to any of the characters. I do wish I was a giant talking panda, though. And hey, yeah, same.
2: Yeah, just be careful what you wish for because well, yeah, then you're kind of like you. But the the curses, then you're kind of alone in the world because where are you going to find another giant talking panda? You know,
1: that's true. Yeah, there's not, there's not like a bunch. Yeah, you know, being the last unicorn.
0: Is there anything that you would take to be the like? And I, Nick, I. You know, I know what one of your answers will be, but, like, is there anything that you would – a power that you could have or uh, an identity that you could have where you would be like, okay, I'll take this in exchange for being the only one?
2: Mm. Uh, LeBron James. And you think you, you think you know one of my answers? What the hell <laughs> is that supposed to mean?
0: <laughs> Just – I, like, I <laughs> – I feel like I know what one of your answers might be. And I don't yeah, I'm not going to put words in your mouth or anything, yeah. but like I just I'm just I'm wondering is it he like He put something like, in his mouth
2: though. Okay. <laughs> the the being a one of one is but like the thing is if you're LeBron James, you're still a human man. You know what I mean? Like you are still like you're like hey, yeah, he's I'm not a basketball. Yeah, but it's yeah. not It's like, you know, he can uh, uh, the, you're not you're not isolated in the sense of like oh you're like a you're 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 a freak in yeah. that sort of sense uh, and yeah um that's a tough one i guess cause i you know cuz like you th- i always think of the first example i remember seeing of this is is uh uh the thing in fantastic 4 who's just uh, like oh he's yeah. this rock creature who's like oh man he's so cool he's so powerful but he's like but that's a bummer cuz then you're just like a a weird like rock dude and you're like a novelty to others but it's uh you know unless she thing comes along you're kind of you're kind of out of the loop in terms of some of the the more you know different parts of human interaction come here she like, thing let's I make
1: would... some sand <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <Jeez. Ugh. laughs> that's what it would be it, it wouldn't be better
0: i like i would be so scared to be uh like to have the power of flight, yeah, sure. If I didn't receive the other powers of Superman, because like the idea of flying, but having my regular body just be aloft would be horrifying. Yeah, like what if I fell asleep?
2: Right. I guess I wouldn't mind being data from Star Trek, mm. like I just like a Christ. like a okay like I'm a. I I look like a person. I can, you know, I can, I resemble a a human being and I can kind of like, you know, like I can ingratiate myself to other people. They know I'm a little different. They know I'm a, uh, you know, I'm an, uh, an android, a cybernetic creation, but I can, I, I'm essentially just like a better immortal human. Like that's interesting mm-hmm. to me,
1: hmm.
2: though there are some trade-offs. But, like, you know, like, well, whatever. Data fucks. Like,
1: here's the point where he, I've can, heard like, this.
2: Experience, he can experience some more human emotions and some more intimate relations.
1: I wouldn't mind being the only real, uh, like, Jedi. Like, they're, like, in the movies, mm, and you sure. know them for that. But then it actually turns out that there is one, and it's me. The last Jedi? Maybe the first. Mm. And There's I'm the only one that knows nine. what to do with it. And yeah, go all the way back to the very beginning. Yeah, honestly, come on, don't even go. go stop. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go down this road. Uh, I just feel like whatever, if it's like a superpowered thing that you have, even if you're a Jedi or something, people are going to be coming after you, right? Because sure. there's that, you know. Not to do too much Star Wars, but there's that balance, right? Because there's a light side, there is a dark side. So uh, that is like, if some, if you have something that everybody would want, there's going to be other people out there trying to get it from you and give it to everybody or like, mm. you know, take it from you so that sure. either you don't have it or that it could be, you know, universal somehow. Like they're going to be after my blood, my midichlorians to clone me. And then, you know, that's how a lot of this stuff starts actually is with clones. Man, have they ever,
2: like, Did they done, uh a plot line in the, in the extended universe or anything where it was like, or sorry, Star Wars Legends, uh-huh. where it was like, uh, uh, if someone tried to do use cloning technology on a Jedi, that'd be interesting.
1: It would be cool. Mm. They should do it. I, this is our idea. You can't do it, actually. You gotta pay us a lot of money. They won't. Because they said that, now they have to do it, and they have to pay us. Uh, after the strike's over, of course. Um, let's do this last one. Okay, great. This one's from MK. Hi, MK. Hi, MK. I fully get where Heather is coming from in regards to Demon Slayer. You can't spend a whole episode on chibi gags in a training arc, and then episode sh- and then next episode, show me a character's backstory with his younger siblings chopped into pieces and not expect some tonal whiplash. So we talked about this and how uh, in the Jujutsu Kaisen movie, you know, it'll be serious one minute, and then uh, Gojo will be, you know... All silly and and chibi or whatever in the next moment, and that feels a little dissonant, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I know what specifically what MK is referring to, which is like in the Entertainment District arc in the second the second season, where it's like you know you're learning about the the, the 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 big demons of this this arc. You're like learning their backstory, and it's really fucking bleak. I don't know I think these I think these things can coexist. I, it doesn't it, I guess it doesn't bother me as much if it's well executed, but i, I but I do understand some people's aversion to it i kinda, Actually, I, I, I just kind of find it charming. Yeah. I like those those moments of, of fancy
0: I, I I like them I like them in when they're used sparingly, mm-hmm, but i don't mm-hmm. I don't like them if they're constant like if it, like i don't mind a, a one off gag like there there are gags in evangelion where the characters get sort of chibi features you know um it's just the it's it's when it's it's when it's pervasive that i i get disconnected but that's only a, a matter of taste it's not yeah. like you know do whatever you want right in iambic pentameter
2: they overuse the chibi thing a little bit uh, in Oppenheimer. There's just too much of that.
0: Yeah, the little boy. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, that's a one-two right there. That was good.
1: <laughs> I I can't. I just can't get started on Oppenheimer. I'll never stop. Um, I do have one more thing. Actually, I would like to read. Okay, Kate. Okay. This one's from Kirsten Carey. Hi, hi, Kirsten. Hi, hi Kirsten. Kirsten. I know this episode is about JJK, but you mentioned One Piece at the top, and so I've been summoned. I started One Piece in 2019 and have since caught up on both the manga and the show. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it is easier than you think once you're hooked in, mostly because I honestly think it's one of the most impressive works of fiction in the last 50 years. Plus, wow. the, the phones are snails. A detail I didn't know. That's right. uh, that's right. wild. I, if you're gonna be an alpha, if you're gonna cuck us in the comments, just like be <laughs> careful. It's gonna make us very impressed with you, of course. I've watched That's fucking awesome. I've
0: watched maybe 40 episodes of One Piece, maybe only 30. And it I even in that amount of exposure, it didn't get I didn't get it.
1: There's probably only but 20 every, more after that, right?
0: Everybody fucking talks about how good it is, that it makes me be like, okay. Buckle in. Fucking do it. Do like do one piece. Uh, maybe I will after I finish catching up with all of Gundam. It yeah, feels look, like I'm a reading good
2: all of Stephen King in publication order. So I've got you... my own what? daunting. You yeah, I've been, I've been doing this. I've, I started doing this last year along with the just King things podcast. Great podcast.
1: Wow. Uh, Where are you at in his run? I'm reading Cujo right now. Oh, wow. So, so they, you're still in the 80s. a long way
2: to go. Yeah, he's writes a lot of fucking books, and they're all fucking long. <laughs> 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 are you like in the like like four books a year, and they're all like seven hundred pages? Are you pre or post his accident? This is still pre accident. Okay, that's so interesting. The... I'm in the midst of his, you know, some of his substance abuse years.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. When he loved wine, yeah, uh, and cocaine, and cocaine. Yeah, honestly, he rules. <laughs> Look, his uh, a lot of his books are
2: bloated and overwritten, but they also, a lot of them are, are terrific and have just uh, amazing passages and uh, just great plotting, great world building. I don't know. I, he's, I, I get why he's such an iconic author. Incredible. Really, really knowing mostly his adaptations before I began this run starting from the scratch. But anyway, what I'm saying is I have my own uh, daunting literary project at the moment but there is something interesting about saying committing to. I'm gonna fucking go back to uh, to issue one of the One Piece
1: manga and read all of it. Yeah, like I kind of like that. Um,
2: I'm not saying I'm gonna do it, but I'm just like I'm. I'm impressed by Kirsten.
1: I'm very impressed as well. There are 106 volumes of One Piece uh, currently. I'm sure there's more issues beyond the 106 volumes, right? Uh, how many episodes of the show are there I know it's in the thousands well 100, oh, 106, that's but that's not counting chapters that's no what, I mean, how many exactly
2: chapters are in a fucking volume yes
1: yeah. you know, uh, animated television series uh there's a hundred and sixty nine or, or there's a thousand and sixty nine episodes of the the anime so far yeah. uh so that's I mean That's like a long weekend for me. Uh, I could just do that probably pretty easily. Um, I'm doing, you know, Heather's doing Gundam. Nick's doing Stephen King. I'm doing Final Fantasy right now. So we're all sort of in our little project zones currently. Uh, And that's pretty exciting. Uh,
2: As of this record, the most recently published chapter of the One Piece manga is 1076. So it's almost one to one, huh? That's uh that's, that's that's a lot. That's that's yeah. that's a lot. <laughs> Chapter one was published in nineteen ninety-seven. So we're dealing with twenty-six years of manga at this point. Wow. That's
1: a lot. That's a lot. Wow. But that's that's the end of uh Nick, what did you say it was? Uh you
2: jutsu y- chatsen. Yujutsu Chatsen, you chatsen. That's the end of Blue Talk.
1: Yeah, Jujutsu Chatsen colon Blue Talk. Blue Talk. Blue Talk. Blue Talk.
2: All right, well, next week we're continuing on with the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. We will be watching the next couple episodes, and we'll see what's going on with those. So we'll join you next week as we continue this season, this new season of Haruhi. Just see how melancholy she gets.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nick, did you just get animated yourself?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That was bound to happen.